All right, RK Bro, no more. A King's debut on Dynamite and former Shield Brothers face off. Plus, we have the PWI Year End Achievement Awards, Time Warp, and Wrestling Roulette all on this episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. gentlemen i'm elio he's ben this is a little bit strange because ben tell the fans why <laughs> this is so messed up tonight and this episode is off to a weird beginning all right ladies and gentlemen uh we typically start these recordings at around eight o'clock it is currently eight thirty-four as we are just getting rolling on the air and that is because elio has inadvertently locked me out of Skype. Not your fault, but for some reason. Locked you out of Skype? Or, 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 wrong uh, here, ben. I'm sorry. Lock me out of Zoom. I didn't lock you out of nothing. Zoom locked you out. Well, your password is, all, is, is full of all sorts of fuckery, apparently, because I tried six times and it's just ridiculous. So. <laughs> This is a rather primitive edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast because before we started on Zoom, uh, we used to do the show on Skype um, b- before we realized that, that typically this is not a good recording platform for what we do. But, uh, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, so we are back on Skype for one night only. And my God, I wish to hell that Monday Night Raw could be a one-night-only show, and then we'd never have to watch it again, because Raw sucks so bad. And I have decided to be the gentleman of the show this evening. That's right, I took your title, deal with it. Usually, Elio... um, Elio reviews Raw for us because I just don't have the patience. But since he's taking on an extra show tonight, I figured I would be gentlemanly and go ahead and take the Monday Night Raw review. And I will not torture you with it because this is the Pierce rules of the Raw review. And that is we are just going to go with the highs and lows because I can't review Monday Night Raw for the entire show. It'll just turn into two hours of rants, and nobody wants that. It's Saturday Saturday night. Everybody's having a good time. Nobody wants to get especially angry, especially with our technological issues being what they are this evening. All kinds of fuckery messing up my Saturday. God damn it. (laughs) I already have enough enough of that on, on Monday. Yeah, we had, and plus we had to run in before we went on the air. Exactly. <laughs> and 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 now now I have two windows that are showing me your face. Why is that? All right, hold on. There we go. Okay, now now we're down to just one, so we're good. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's get started with Monday Night Raw. Elio, can you hear me? I'm just making sure. I hear you. Okay, we're good. Well, I, I feel bad for you because I have to review Raw now. 
Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Raw kicks off with a um, with an in-ring appearance by the, the new happy version of Brock Lesnar. Now, I is like not, it. This is not happy Corbin Thick Christ. This is happy Brock Lesnar. I and like I, this Brock Lesnar. And I gotta, I gotta tell you, Elio, I wasn't expecting to, um, to um, kind of buy into this version of him, but uh, I have to agree with you, man. It's, uh, you know, Brock in a man bun is pretty entertaining. <laughs> you know, that, and that that that'll play into one of the minor awards. Uh, exactly, and um, but what I, what I noticed is. It started out with kind of uh, um, c- kind of just Brock cutting a promo, which which again I'm not used to Brock cutting promos. Usually it's um, Heyman doing the talking, and it's like I said last week. I- I'm so I'm so used to that dynamic because it's been hammered into our heads over the years that Brock can't cut promos. Well, apparently Brock's been to a couple promo classes because I have to tell you, uh, for, for this run, I, I find, I find him very entertaining on the mic. So, um, and, um, I, I would say that he actually won this promo battle with, uh, Lashley because after a conversation with, um, the former Hurt business backstage, uh, Lashley comes out to uh, confront Brock on his own. Uh, of course, he still had MVP, but he, he didn't. Uh, he didn't need the Hurt business to back him up. So he he says that um, he's wanted this match with Brock for forever, pretty much, and that Brock has been ducking him for twenty years. I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think Brock ducks anybody. But that's just my thought. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What year are we in? Twenty twenty two, right? Yeah. Minus twenty would be two thousand two. I don't think uh, Lashley was in the WWE at that time. Well, you know, but are you gonna confront Lashley about that? I have no. I have no. Uh, desire to get into an argument with Bobby Lashley. If he says, if he says 2005 um, is 20 years from you know t- 2022, I'm not going to argue with him. I, I, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, I'm very fond of my face the way it is. I, I like to keep it that way. All right. So anyway, um, as I avoid one ass kicking. Uh, Lashley couldn't avoid this verbal lashing because he got his ass whooped by Brock on the mic. Yeah, Brock uh, doesn't come and laugh at jokes. <laughs> it, it, st- it started out really, 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 really rough to the point where I was going to say I was going to miss Paul Heyman on the mic. But um, then they picked it up. And and to your point, Elio, the crescendo of this, the I'm sorry, the crescendo of this uh, promo was a knock knock joke, courtesy of Brock Lesnar, and um, 
I think Heyman summed it up perfectly with Brock Lesnar telling jokes in Philadelphia. I've heard it all. Um, <laughs> which I was not expecting uh, that to kick off my evening. Speaking of unexpected, we have uh, match number one kicking off. And I, you know what? I, I, I mentioned this because I have to kind of give it a, um, a highlight. Um, I, I was very, uh, pleasantly surprised that Chad Gable and Otis, um, won this match. I was not expecting that at all. No, this was a good, great match. But this was, um, this is great because now it sets up Randy Orton versus, um, Matt Riddle for, um, WrestleMania. And I am not complaining about that at all. Um, so this was fantastic, and um, it, you know it adds a new tag team into what has been a very droll tag team scene in the entirety of WWE, outside of um, the Usos and the New Day. So I am very okay with this. Um, the other highlight that I have to give out would be um, Big E versus Seth Rollins. Yep. Uh, that was that was the match of the night for me. Uh, low light wise, um, I would have to say uh, the six man tag between the Street Profits and the Dirty Dogs and um, Damian Priest. Oh, I'm, so, I'm I'm sorry, uh, and uh, Apollo Cruz. I read that wrong. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. That that was a little. I'm, I'm just like, what do, what do these people have going on here? Um, you know, because the, the addition of Apollo Crews and um, and uh, Damian Priest just kind of threw me off. Okay. Um, speaking of, of throwing me off, um, I don't... I may have mentioned this last week. I'm not sure. But this new gimmick of Damian Priest, of them, you know, taking his name literally with the darkness and the light. Yeah, he did. He said said this last week, yeah. I'm just like, this is is stupid. Uh, Okay, we get it. We don't need you to bash us over the head with it. And... You know, somebody call Lou Ferrigno uh, from 1977. I think we should give him his gimmick back because at this point, I don't want to see uh, Damian Priest angry because he looks stupid and idiotic. And Damian Priest has no business looking stupid and idiotic. Just let Damian Priest be his badass self and we'll be good. You know, we okay. don't. We, we don't need him auditioning for the next Incredible <laughs> Hulk movie. I, I've seen enough of those. Most of them are terrible. Let's just stick with the original show in the 70s and have happy memories. Which I am currently watching. I'm up to uh, episode 7. I believe. Oh, and uh, let me ask you this because I'm curious. Um, what service are you watching that on? Uh, no, actually, I have it on my computer. Oh, you lucky little bitch. 
I love that show. It brings back so many memories. Uh, well, so do I. So can't hate, can't hate on you there. Um, and then um, the the other the other low light, and I I hate having to do this, but I have to mention it. The whole cutting edge featuring Beth Phoenix. Uh, oh, that was terrible. I just absolutely hate this because you know. You know, individually they're fine, but but together these four, I, I'm not feeling it. You know, they need to move away from this as soon as possible. I I don't know why the Miz is trying to give French lessons to uh, you know to, to anybody, but that that's neither here nor there. But you know. Already, you set this match behind the eight ball, especially with what you did um, on Monday, which is why I have to call this a little light. You made Maurice look like a scared little bitch, and and it, it's just it's not gonna work. It's just. I mean, I know, I know, Beth Phoenix looks scary in in that little uh, Halloween getup she had going on here, but I'm not sure why they had Maurice run out on the uh, promo battle between the four of them. So you know, but the whole thing, just from my own personal distaste for um, them putting the Miz in the ring with Edge, um, you know, just takes me out of this completely. Um, and then that that was about it for um, for the highlights and lowlights for Raw. Well, hold on, I didn't give mine. Oh, oh, well, I'm just saying for mine, and then I was gonna pass it over to you, but you jumped the gun. But go ahead. Oh, I thought you were passing on to me for NXT. I'm like, wait a minute. No, <laughs> no, you're fine, bud. Go ahead. I have uh, the opening segment with Lesnar is my highlight, and I have the Alpha Academy, RK Bro, and Seth Rollins and Big E. But I also gave a highlight to the main event with Bianca Belair and Drew Drop and uh, Liv Morgan. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really sure where they're going with that. So that's why I could, couldn't. Uh, uh, no, 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 but this is like kind of like a. A fresh change. I mean, do drop for Piper Niven versus um, Becky Lynch. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. It's fine. Sure. And my low lights, I, I, of course, it was the almost versus Nick Sanders. I, I had to look up the name, but I didn't just uh, bring that name up. I actually looked it up. Well, but but here's the thing. You're 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 exactly right. Um, and, and the thing for me is why in the world would you push almost as a single star now? He's not good. I, I understand what you're trying to do, but, but this guy doesn't have it. He can barely, I mean, you know, people like to, like to, to, um, 
call call him, uh, you know, uh, like a throwback to Andre the Giant, as we heard from The Undertaker a few weeks ago, which I'm like, okay, whatever. No. I, I, I went on a rant regarding that, trust me. But but to me, he's not the next Andre the Giant. He's the next great colleague because the guy can barely move. You know, and, and, and plus he, he has the charisma of a paper bag. Actually, I have one more uh, low light, and uh, this one I should I should really put as a highlight because the segment with Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash, like I seriously thought Rhea Ripley was going to turn, and then when Nikki Ash just like uh, laid the turn attacked the way she did, I was like, oh, okay. Well, and and look, you're exactly right. Anything that can get uh, Rhea Ripley away from from Nikki Ash is a, is a good thing. Uh, but the execution of the promo was so horrific that uh, my happiness about the end result was tempered by just how incredibly eye rolling the segment turned out to be. That you know, was, that's why I put it as a highlight, but a low light because, like, I, I like the the promo wasn't good, but the ending <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. The, the 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 end result got us where we needed to be. Now the next step for Nikki Ash is to get her out of this superhero gimmick. Nikki, the supervillain. Uh, well, exactly, but somebody somebody really needs to call Catwoman and tell. And and get her to give Nikki A.S.H. some heel lessons, um, because now hold right, on, which version of Catwoman? Well, um, to to be honest with you, I, I I know this is a criminal for a guy my age to say, um, but I was not a fan of Halle Berry as Catwoman, um, because the movie sucked. No, you're right. The movie's terrible. <laughs> um, and uh, and then. So this version, I would have to give it to Anne Hathaway. Um, because, because I'll tell you what, Anne Hathaway is Catwoman. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, there's something. Uh, what, what movie was she in? What, was she in a, her own? No. I, no. No. <laughs> Live on the air, you're going to make me cry. Okay, please, get your shit together. Hey, I wasn't out, I was out of it for a while. The Dark Knight Rises, 2012. Okay, see, 2012, I was dealing with a lot of stuff back then, so I was paying attention. Okay, well, just, just to catch you up. Have you have you seen any of Christopher Nolan's Batman yeah. trilogy? Okay, well clearly you haven't seen Dark Knight Rises, which is the ending of the trilogy. Uh, so m- make sure we catch that movie. Uh, and then, have, did you see the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger? Yeah. Okay, so you're not a complete lost cause. Thank Christ. <laughs> um, but then. Uh, yeah, just catch up on that. You'll be good, um, Ben. And I think I think you'll agree with me after you watch the Dark Knight Rises that Anne Hathaway as Catwoman needs to be added to Team Yummy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, and, go ahead. And my other little like we see like the blues segment. Yeah, yeah, that was a complete 
clusterfuck. I agree. So that is all we have for Monday Night Raw. Well, actually, real quick, because um, I'm, I'm interested to see if I can trigger an Elio version of a rant. Um, I was I was just now scrolling toward the bottom of the review I was looking at, and the esteemed reviewer, who I will not mention, gave this show a 7.5. That would be uh, B. Well, and my question is, what the fuck? Um, because clearly we have a different grading criteria um, for this podcast because I'm not seeing a 7.5 for this uh, edition of Raw. Well, I'm going to say compared to the other shows, I would agree with that grade compared to the other shows this week. Well... And that's that's fair. As much as I hate uh, Monday Night Raw, I don't think any of the other shows uh, hit a higher mark this week. So, And with that, uh, we are going to move on to the other show. And the next one we have is NXT. So for this episode of NXT, my highlight I gave to Braun Breaker, the Braun Breaker segments, and the Santos Escobar versus Zion Quinn match. Yeah, I agree. And low for low points, I gave to the Joe Gacy, Harlan, Idris, Sanofi, and Malik Blade match, and Indy and Persia and Wendy Chu versus uh, Casey Cansaro, Caden Carter, and MRA Miller. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because my my low light of low lights for that entire show was the six man or six woman tag match, and I messaged you as I was watching this uh, this tag match, and I would like to pose the question live on the air because I found your. I found your response very entertaining, and I think our listeners will as well. Um, what is Wendy Chu's gimmick? I have no idea what her gimmick is. I don't get this. You, I look okay. I looked her up because they'd gotten rid of the Mei Ying gimmick. Yeah, they gave her this a whole new gimmick and whole new name. Uh, well, well, can we bring back Mei Ying, a.k.a. Tian Zhao, because holy mother of God. And now, and uh, also, prior to WWE, actually, I believe she was in the Mae Young Classic, but even before then, she was in ROH. Exactly. So, oh. And, yeah. and, and what is what is this WWE's answer to Sleeping Beauty? <laughs> you know what? Does she need some chamomile tea as part of her entrance theme or something? Because this <laughs> just this isn't working. <laughs> oh, so uh, what do you have for your high points and low points for NXT? Well, the well the low point. Well, you already was, gave me one low point. Do you have any more? 
Um, you know, that, that was pretty much it for the low point, but the, the high point was, um, was, uh, Zion Quinn versus Santos Escobar. Um, they, uh, and largely the reason I say that is because of Electra Lopez. I really anticipated her going with, um, with Zion Quinn. Um, not necessarily because it would have made sense. I kind of agree with her staying with um, with Santos Escobar and Legado del Fantasma, but I honestly thought that she would go with Quinn because of um, because of the uh, promo she's been cutting recently and the amount of interest that she's been showing in him. I I also thought that they might um, put her with him because. I see big things in the future being possible for Zion Quinn. Um, Because of the look of him, I I really, from my limited exposure to him, I I like what he can do in the ring. And uh, he he looks like a million bucks. Um, And and so I kind of was anticipating them going in a different direction. Although... Legado del Fantasma is definitely one of the um, very few bright spots on this new version of NXT. Um, and, and I'm glad that they didn't uh, they didn't drop them entirely from the black and gold purge. Um, so, you know, because Santos Escobar has always been one of my favorites, even, even back when I saw him as... Uh, Phantasma in Impact, and I just I I think the guy has a star quality written all over him. Uh, same thing with Zion Quinn. So this whole feud was um, was very intriguing to me, and will continue to be hopefully. Um, so yeah, I would definitely have to give high point to that, and then. Um, and then Braun Breaker is a very interesting, uh, interesting uh, discussion f- for me because I see massive potential in him. I think you would have to be blind uh, not to see it. You know, with with his skill set and pedigree um, being what it is, um, I worry. Um, from from my preliminary impressions of him that we might be getting uh, WWE's uh, next answer to Goldberg, which I don't want to see at all. If they turn Braun Breaker into Goldberg, I'm just going to fucking have a have a um, cardiac event live on the air. Um, and this time I won't have, and then this time I will have not been responsible for it with my creepy pictures. Yes, and speaking and speaking of your creepy pictures, um, you kind of disappointed me when you uh, did not have one readily available. Uh, Why? Well, because I, I don't, I don't, we don't really use Skype. We only use Zoom. Well, well, that's... because I, I, I updated it before uh, we went on the air when I logged in. Oh well, then you you are forgiven, and and technological technological difficulties have robbed us again. God damn it! 
Um, but um, I'm very much looking forward to uh, what you have in store for me the next time we get in on Zoom. So. Oh, it'll be uh, creepy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The, the last one, the Amityville Horror thing, uh, that was quite terrifying. <laughs> all right, is that all we have for NXT? Uh, absolutely. Yes. All right, on to AEW for me. The high points uh, were the opening segment with uh, Red Dragon and Adam Cole. And um, the CM Punk Wardle match. I'm going, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. Um, and I'm going to have to put that as, as my low what? point of the show. Uh, the CM Punk Wardlow match. Okay. Um, and, and the reason for that being, you know, obviously when you put CM Punk in the ring with Wardlow, and, and and that does make sense given his uh, his feud with MJF, but so obviously when you when you have those two facing off, you expect um, CM Punk to come out on top. That wasn't my issue. My issue was the match itself because you have Wardlow hitting eight power bombs. Only to lose a match. And via a roll-up, for God's sake. Which I... Let me explain this to you, people. Okay, a roll-up can be very useful when it's done correctly. The instances in, in which it's done correctly, in my opinion, are few and far between. And... Quite frankly, it's just become an overdone clusterfuck of a finish, in my opinion. Um, and you know how weak does it does it make Warlow look? Number number one, when he hits eight power bombs and loses a goddamn match to a roll up. But number two, he is so much bigger than CM Punk; it is ridiculous. And you mean to tell me he can't find the leverage to kick out? When 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 CM Punk is is two hundred pounds and that's being generous? I mean I mean it's just it's simple physics, folks. So uh, unless unless Warlow was knocked loopy by MJF's you know bullshit, uh, you know. T- talking that he always does, um, then I'm not sure why this match was booked the way it was because I think it just made made both of them look very weak. Okay, and uh, what do you have for low points? Well, I mean, what, what do you have for high points, first of all? Uh, well, my my high point was, was Brody King's debut. Um, I think that that's awesome. I I I think I think pairing him with Malachi Black has a lot of very cool potential um, for both characters to be taken to the next level. Because quite frankly, um, and I don't know how you feel about this. Maybe this will lead to a larger uh, conversation uh, this evening. But um, 
I've noticed this a couple times with AEW. Sometimes when they bring in uh, the bigger names, such as uh, Malachi Black or uh, or uh, Miro, you know those characters don't get off to that good of a start. Mm. And and uh, and I would I would also argue, um, believe it or not that CM Punk actually falls into that category. Because if you take away if you take away the novelty of having a CM Punk return, which which don't get me wrong, they are they were extremely right in the way that they handled his return and his return was was magical. No no argument for me there whatsoever. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is his booking since his match with with Darby Allen has not been good. Um, I I understand where they're trying to go with his MJF business, um, but um, they're just dragging it out too long. I think, um, you know, obviously. I understand it because they're trying to get to, you know, revolution. Um, but I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the benefit was to having Wardlow lose in that situation. I mean, cause it's very obvious that they're trying to turn him face mm-hmm. and whether or not that plays a role in the eventual, uh, CM Punk MJF uh, f- matchup. I don't know. Um, I would like it to, but it's just um, some of these some of these um, bookings for some of their larger signings have not been good. And I also think that Malachi Black falls into that to bring, to come back to my Brody King point. Um, hopefully, this can really catapult him to the next level. Um, because to me, he, he hasn't done anything of, of consequence um, since his in- introductory feud with Cody Rhodes, and even that was uh, somewhat disappointing. Um, you know, I, no disrespect to the varsity blondes, but I, but I didn't find that to be an intriguing uh, storyline at all. Um, so hopefully they can kind of push the reset button by bringing Brody King in. I don't know if you're familiar with Brody King very much. I know Brody King. Uh, he was uh, with um, Vinny Marsolia. They were, oh, I can't think of the faction offhand. Um, ODK. Um, and, um, yeah, so I'm I'm very excited uh, to to see what Brody King can add yeah. to, uh, not number one, AEW, but but two, especially the pairing with um, Malachi Black is, is very intriguing to me. Okay, so uh, no points for me. Bear Country versus The Acclaimed. Oh, my God. Ugh. Okay. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up because I wasn't even gonna me- gonna mention it because some things just aren't worth mentioning. Now look, 
I think the acclaimed now book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I you can sue me for copyright infringement and get the paperwork going as soon as we get off the air. I understand. Um, but um, I think they have potential to be a really good tag team. Uh, their gimmick sucks. You don't love their country. Uh, well, I'm talking about both of them, to be um, honest with you. I'm talking about because uh, you claim they're. I didn't like them when they first showed up, but I don't know. Their, their gimmick was kind of. It's not bad. Their, their rapping is funny. Some of what Max Castro says, except uh, the one that he got in trouble for. Well, and see, but I don't find their rapping entertaining. I don't. Um. It's just, I find it to be very stupid and very non-comical. Okay. Um, but but having said that, in the ring, they are very, very good. Yep. Um, and, uh, and on another topic, if I... I'm not saying this happened, you know, on the last episode, but if anybody else uses homophobic slurs against Anthony Bowens in a match again. What what are you talking about? I'm going to snap. Uh, Several weeks ago, there was a clip from AEW Dark where Anthony Bowens was in a match and, and and someone from the crowd very loudly called him a faggot. Oh, not cool. Which, which I... Um, which I really didn't appreciate. I, um, you know, I just, I, I just feel like, you know, society should, should be past, um, bashing gay people. And it, it it has nothing to do with with his talents in the ring. And, you know, luckily I think they, they threw the guy out, but I'm just saying in general that if I have to, um, hear of that again, Based off the guy's sexual orientation, uh, I'm gonna have a significant problem. Okay, and uh, I have a couple of side notes. Uh, Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho's uh, interaction backstage—that was bad. Yeah, that that didn't come off very well. Especially the way it ended with Eddie Jericho saying "gyf," no "gfy." Yeah, it, it was just like, are you kidding me? That was childish. That was that was childish. Exactly. I mean, everybody knows you can't say fuck on you know on uh, network television, but you um, can say shit. <laughs> well, well, um, but unless you're watching Yellowstone or Sons of Anarchy, you're not gonna get away with saying fuck. Yeah. Um, but um. You know, but certainly don't say GFY or just say go screw yourself or something. Right. Um, and then the Kingston, Kingston acting like he didn't know what Jericho meant. It, yeah, that whole um, that whole interaction just didn't land. Well, I'm sure he knew, but like uh, the he the way he he it came off it made it sound like he didn't know. Yeah, well, regardless of whether he knew or not, the whole interaction didn't come off um, as big time. 
And I, I feel like if you're going to have those two interact, it should be because of something big. You know, right. Go on. I, I mean, you could do so much more with Eddie Kingston and uh, Chris Jericho based on um, Eddie's, based on both of their allegiances with um, Proud and Powerful. Like, that could be an awesome program, but the, the way that they have started it has just been very odd. Right, so that is AEW. Now we move on to SmackDown. Oh, God. Oh, boy, Ben. <laughs> this show sucks. This show, this show is bad. This show sucks. Anything... Look, anything that doesn't have Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar involved in it's SmackDown, I'm sorry, it's gonna suck. The only <laughs> the only highlight I can give you is the fatal four way at the beginning of the show. And that's not even saying it is a good thing, but that's really the only the only thing highlight. Well, yeah, you're exactly right. But here's here's the thing, right? So, um, you have in, in that match. I, um, I, I forget the one tag team, but you had um, you had Los Losarios, yeah. You had Viking Raiders, yeah. And you had Monster and Cesaro, and then who which was the, a, which, is a, which is a weird team. Which I, which I wasn't even aware that they are a, that they were a fucking tag team, but you know, it, it just highlights the overall weakness of the tag team division that this is what you're doing. Um, but then, uh, you know, the, the Viking Raiders of all people um, won the number one contendership, which, which is great. This is where they should be. Um, but, you know, can we present them like they were presented in NXT, please? Because right now, the way the Viking Raiders look, they look like shit physically. Um, and I mean no disrespect whatsoever. They they just do, I think. Um, you know, they don't come off, and, and they, they should because they are a very, very storied tag team. So they should come off as big when going against the Usos. I think that could be a great match. But just the way that they've been booked, it doesn't lead me to believe that the Viking Raiders are going to be portrayed as being on the same level as the Usos. So, yeah, the Viking Raiders... They better do something with them. They better they better get the tag team championships at some point because otherwise all this for nothing. Well, but you and I both know that's not going to happen. Uh, as long as the bloodline is uh, is in existence, and here's the other thing: the the bloodline is only positioned to get stronger now because Solo Sokoa who is featured on NXT, um, is the younger brother of the Usos. I don't really, he's, uh, he's still easy. I don't think they're bringing him up anytime soon. No, I'm not saying that either, but I'm just saying that the bloodline is positioned to get stronger yeah. down the yeah, line. Right. 
And uh, my other, my only other highlight is uh, Sami Zayn's insane segment. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I love Sami Zayn, but I hate what they're doing with him. I, I don't understand it. But I like that when he said, "No one's a bigger jackass than me." <laughs> Yeah, but but the fact the fact that they're featuring Johnny Knoxville in the Royal Rumble, I think, is a joke. I mean, not as bad as Drew Carey. Well, I don't think anything is as bad as Drew Carey in in Royal Rumble. But I will say this: at least Drew Drew Carey had the sense to stay out of Kane's way. <laughs> yep. Which which all which automatically tells me that that uh, Drew Carey is much smarter than Johnny Knoxville. And my highlight, and you're gonna like this next highlight that I have. Oh, what's that? It's Lita's return. Yeah, indeed, yes, indeed, and um, that is that. It's very interesting because I want to ask you a couple questions about that. Number one, how horrific, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful sense. I'm just saying, I thought Charlotte looked terrible, absolutely awful on SmackDown on Friday. You mean with their hair and stuff? I mean, I, she looked like she was sick or something. Yeah, she didn't look good on Friday. She, uh, I mean, did you see what was going on with her neck? No, what? 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 Look, I mean, you should look up, look up a picture of her. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him to do on the fly research. On the fly, un- unfortunately, on here there is no way to pause, so bear with me, fans. So, uh, you know, uh, should we play music while you're while you're doing this? Good idea. Uh, but I, I'm just you know. Let me see if I can find one, and if I find one before you do, I'll send it to you. Um. Hang on one second. Oh, did you find something? Uh, no, did you? I'm looking right now. But do you see what I'm talking about? Images. Here we go. Let's see. Yeah, I see what's going on there. Ugh. It's just... It's weird. <laughs> so that was... That was, uh, that was my highlight. My other highlight. Uh, leave this return and... Now on to the low lights. What do you have for low lights? Uh, quite quite a bit actually. Oh. I um, I just 
I felt like the entirety of SmackDown outside of of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. I'm sorry, my other highlight was um Rich Holland I mean sorry, Sheamus and Ricochet. You know, I, I can't even give that a highlight because um you know, as much as I like Ricochet my fear every time he shows up now is that he's going to get booked like a joke. Um, you know, so I think I think everything outside of, um, you know, Charlotte and Lita and uh, the opening segment and the segment with Roman Reigns was just a waste of time. It, it, this episode felt very... Um, stretched to me a very dull two hours of television. Yeah, so, so, what were some of your highlights then? Um, well, let me uh, let me look up a uh, SmackDown review so I have that in front of me because I don't have it in front of me at the moment. But um, let me just look that up. Um. Okay, well, while you do that, I'll give mine, which uh, the first one, Mad Cat Moss and Kofi Kingston. Oh, my God. Just, you know, make it stop. I, I, don't, I don't understand what they're doing. I, 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 really, I, I really struggle with this, um, uh, with this Happy Corbin and uh, Mad Cat Moss pairing. Yep. It's it, it's not entertaining. It's not funny. I I, I really um, it's just a miss to me. The thing which you know the the segment with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, I thought it, I thought it could have been better than it was. Yeah. Um. And um. Oh. Okay. Okay. So I have. I I have the um I have the review of SmackDown in front of me. So my first low light, Aaliyah versus Natalia. Oh yeah, yes. No, they are really pushing Natalia as this huge deal lately because she, according to WWE, she has the most wins of any woman in history. I don't even know if that's true or not. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I don't know. But because of the fact that that they're going with this thing that she holds uh, two uh, or I'm sorry, now they're saying she has three Guinness World Records in relation to um, WWE. <laughs> that's so bad. They've now incorporated it as part of Natalia's gimmick. So, so in I mean, this come on, match, now, now, now she has to carry that Guinness World Records book around everywhere she goes. I'll, just, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a lot less entertaining than some of the other things I've seen. Bring bring back the list of Jericho or give KO the list or something. It'll be much more entertaining than this. But so. So to go along with this gimmick, they had Aaliyah defeat Natalia 
Even after Natalia attacked her pre-match. Now, and uh, did, did you hear what they're calling Aaliyah? What's that? Aaliyah 317. What? what uh, why are they? Oh, Jesus Christ. Maybe good because it's how fast uh, she's uh, I, I, I know, but it's terrible. The, 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 fact that, the fact that they even did this and are making a point of saying that Aaliyah now holds a record for, you know, this, uh, this, uh, or the other thing is just stupid to me. Um, you know, and I don't mean this as a disrespectful thing against Natalia. Um, I understand, I understand, um, I understand where, um, they're coming from as, as trying to make her important. But every every time she's on my screen now, I just want to take a nap. Um, this the second low light I have to agree with you was Kofi Kingston versus Madcap Moss. Yep. Uh, and um, side note, we certainly hope that uh, Xavier Woods heals up quickly. Apparently, he's going to miss a fair bit of time with a with a torn. Um, uh, I, f- I forget what was torn, but he uh, he has some sort of um, semi-significant injury. Um, and then and then my other low light was the opening uh, with uh, the Viking Raiders and their fatal four-way match, and the tag team that I forgot to mention uh, that I couldn't think of at the time was Ginger Mahal and Shanky. Oh, okay, so you gave that as your light? Yeah. Okay. I just don't understand it. Okay. I, I really don't. So that is all we have for SmackDown then? Yes. All right, on to Rampage. Ben, what do you have for us? Um, let me pull that up. I think I, I, think I may have... Uh, I think I may have accidentally uh, gone past it, but um, let me see if I can open that back up again. And while you're doing that, I can give my little lights here. Yes. I, I gave it to uh, Chris Stanlander, Layla Hirsch, and Red Velvet versus the Bunny, Penelope Ford, and Ella Rose, and Good. Sean Spears versus Andrew Everett. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not... I mean, I like Andrew Everett. If if that name doesn't ring a bell um, with um, with our listeners, he was in uh, he was in Impact Wrestling along with uh, the man now known as Cameron Grimes. Um, yeah, and then to and to your point, um, my first low light would have to be. The, the the women's match I thought that was just a clusterfuck. Yep. Um, but you know I think I think AEW's women's division is improving. Um, and I think Chris Satlander uh, could is could be in the future a very significant asset to the women's division. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I, I I don't mean this in a disrespectful sense toward these two women, but Red Velvet and, and Nyla Rose, 
they don't belong in a wrestling ring as it stands right now. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't understand, uh, where, where that is. And then, and then the other, I'm not going to say that this is a highlight or a low light, but I just, I just want to get your thoughts. So match number one was Adam Cole versus Trent Beretta. Mm-hmm. First, first and foremost, I have to say the fact that Trent Beretta is even back after the injury he suffered and looking as good as he looks is, oh my God, a huge credit to him. And I'm so excited that he's back because you know I I don't I don't want to see anybody's career end because of because of a, a significant injury like that. So it's just as a human being, it just makes me happy that uh, that Trent was able to come back and, and look the way he looks. Um, so good, good good on him for that. Um, my my question. Um, for you comes from this. So they're, they're making a huge deal, rightfully so, out of Adam Cole coming to AEW and, um, you know, reuniting with his Bullet Club compadre, so to speak, now now known as the Super Click. Um, and, uh, but why do you think that they had such a competitive match between Adam Cole and Trent Beretta? Because, I was a little confused by that. I I have no idea. Because uh, or well, no, hold on now. Because from Wednesday night, uh, they um, Britt Baker, the, the opening segment, Britt Baker came down. Yeah, well, that and. And see that was a cool part. I love the fact that that they just they decided to pull the trigger on on bringing Adam Cole and Britt Baker together on screen. The the, the part where um the part where the young bucks were gonna go for their kiss um thing with with Adam Cole and it got interfered with by um, Britt Baker. That was an awesome move. I I also think. That, that was a very uh, strategic move based on uh, to protect the health of Adam Cole because uh, either Nick or Matt Jackson, I think it was Nick, he was uh, recently diagnosed no, with or he, Matt was recently diagnosed with COVID and they said that he beat it in like two days and for some reason he's back. I don't know about that. Someone's going to have to check that timeline. Yeah, what? I don't understand that. Um, because he, because even if he did, he shouldn't be back among people in a two-day period. Um, somebody, somebody's got to check the CDC guidelines on that because I think it's at least five days now, not two. But any, anyway... <laughs> As as long as he's healthy, it's good. But holy shit, he certainly didn't look healthy on uh, Wednesday night. I felt bad for the guy, um, and I was wondering what he was doing on uh, on the air. But um, didn't Kyle O'Reilly said, "What are you guys even doing here?" Uh, yeah, to to your point, I I think he did. Um, and then uh, Sean Spears versus. Andrew Everett also a little late. I don't know what they're doing with Sean Spears. I have no clue. Watch next week. Um, 
he's gonna lose to Punk, and then uh, MJF's gonna get in Sean Spears' face. Well, well, and I think the pinnacle is getting ready to fall apart as a, as a result of this feud with CM Punk. I, I think I think that's the end game because if if they're gonna t- turn Wardlow, which I which I find a very interesting um, proposal, um, I think that that could have um, long term implications for the, the Pinnacle. Um, the Pinnacle is a group that I feel like could have done so much more, but it just got kind of lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, the women's match was terrible. And even, um, but the one highlight of the show, I really enjoyed the main event tag match between uh, Dark Order and uh, Lucasaurus and Jungle Boy. I had that was my highlights. I wasn't expecting to enjoy that as much as I did. I, I, I really wasn't. That was a um, very pleasant surprise. Um, and, and that's and that's very good for them because through no fault of their own, the uh, tag team title reign for um, for Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus kind of got off to a bad start because their victory was kind of inadvertently tainted by Ray Phoenix's injury. Uh, luckily, I don't think Ray Phoenix's injury is nearly as bad as what we had originally thought it was. Um, because he released a statement saying that his, his elbow was just dislocated. And at first, I thought he shattered his arm based on the angle uh, when, it, when he landed through the table. Um, but uh, but the, the other aspect of, of, of um, Rampage that I want to talk about that wasn't necessarily in the ring... Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Jay Lethal getting involved with uh, Team Taz in a feud. Ugh, terrible. I wanna. I I really want to see something better for Jay Lethal. Yeah. And um, and that kind of goes back to the larger point that I was trying to make in our Dynamite review, and that is um. When AEW has these massive signings, sometimes I feel like they don't get off to the best start. And and we've we've seen that, like I said, with with Malachi Black. I would argue that we that we saw that um, certainly with Miro. Miro Miro was uh, was indisputably terrible because you wanted to be best friends and play video, video games with Kip Sapien. Get him the fuck away from that. Thank God they finally did. Um, but he should have started out in AEW as, uh, you know, as the ass kicker that he now is. Um, and I would argue that CM Punk got off to a bad start. Um, you know, once they moved him away from Darby Allen. Um, so, and and certainly uh, Jay Lethal here is not getting off to a, to a firing start by being put up with uh, Team Taz. Now, that's not to say Team Taz doesn't have a bundles of potential. 
I'm very excited to see where Team Taz can go in the future. But um, what, why is why is Jay Lethal sticking up for Dante Martin uh, when uh, when Dante Martin firmly uh, is now out of Team Taz? I'm not, I'm not sure what the connection is between Dante Martin and um, Jay Lethal, and I think when I think when someone as big as Jay Lethal get signed like he should he should be in the in the main event picture uh if not immediately put into uh the world title picture i understand maybe not putting him there yet um but uh but certainly certainly i think at this point and and i really don't want to sound negative but i think um team tennis is a mid-card act with potential main eventers in the future. I'm talking like five years from now, but I'm not sure what Jay Lethal's doing with him. Uh, what do you think about that? It's a very odd pairing now that I, I, I don't even know how, like what the connection there is with Jay Lethal and uh, Dante Martin. Exactly. So th- that's all I had for um, Rampage. Did you have anything to add? No, I gave my highlights and I gave my lowlights. So, Ben, on to the PWI Achievement Awards. Oh, my God. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, judging by the smile on Elio's face, I think he's anticipating a rant. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I think he rather enjoys my rants. <laughs> Um, so I think he I think he looks for things to get under my skin to elicit said rants. So let's let's see if he can get one done here tonight, shall we? We begin, what he got. We begin with the rookie of the year. Here are the three runner-ups. In third place, we had Brock Anderson with six percent. What has Brock Anderson even done? The fact that he made the the, the top five is fucking ridiculous. In second place, we have with twenty percent, we have Bad Bunny. Well, well, I, I, I would certainly take Bad Bunny over the number one name that you're about to mention. In well, no, these are the top three runner-ups, and then I'm gonna announce well, the winner. Well, well, no, that that's what I meant. Yeah. In in first place with. 28% we had Braun Breaker. Well, Braun Breaker just got started. How could it, you know, how could he have even made this list? And the rookie of the year with 35% goes to Jade Cargill. Uh, oh, fuck right off. You know, uh, like, I mean no disrespect to Jade Cargill whatsoever. I, I think she does have significant star potential. I do. Um, but she certainly has to get better in the ring stat. Um, and, you know, and to, to be honest with you, I don't think it's fair to give her that because I think it puts too much pressure on her. You have to give talent time to develop. Yes, she looks like a billion dollars. Absolutely. She has the, she has the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, she has the charisma. She certainly has the look. 
Um, but I think we've seen time and time again with the latest example being her match with Thunder Rosa in the finals of the TBS uh, championship tournament that she's just not there yet. And that's not that look, that's not a criticism of of son of uh, Jade Cargill. Um, you know, I think it, I think it's very unfair uh, to put her um, in this position of added pressure. Um, you know, and, and I I almost don't want to say what I'm about to say, but I just I think it I think it bears credence based on um, based on the expectations surrounding her. You know, everybody wants to say like she's so great, she's she's shattering ceilings because she's black and she's a woman and and she's getting a, a she's getting a push. And look, you know, yes, I'm I'm a white boy speaking, but um, but to me, um, to me that shouldn't even enter into the conversation in 2022. I mean, I understand with the with the climate that we're in that it, it's going to. I'm not stupid, but I, I think if, I think if you have all this talk uh, surrounding Jade Cargill, it, it puts pressure on her to be pushed before her time, and it, not only pressure on her, but pressure on AEW to maybe push her before her time, and I, I feel like that's the case here with her being awarded the TBS championship and the rookie of the year. I would have given the title, um, the TBS title to Thunder Rosa. Uh, um, and I would have, I would have given um, the rookie of the year to a, uh, a Dante Martin or somebody like that. I think I think Dante Martin had a, had a fantastic uh, 2020, uh, 2021. Um, certainly up in my eyes to somebody that I'm looking forward to develop um, in, in the ring in the future. Um, so I would have given it to him. All right. And that brings us to our second award. For most improved wrestler of the year. In third place with 10% Diana Prazo. Uh, well, I can't I can't really um I can't really speak to that because given that I don't watch Impact, um I can't really speak to that. And in second and first place, both with 12%, we have Trevor Murdoch and Bobby Lashley. Um, I like that list. Like I said, people, uh, I try to be fair, um, with everything that I can. Um, and PW Insider makes me roll my eyes to, to some degree, um, on a lot of different things. And I think that's why Elio expected me to go on rant because typically in the past, when you mentioned PWI, I'm getting ready to, uh, unleash some venom. And I, I may have some for you in just a little bit, but I can't really argue to that list. And the winner for most improved wrestler of the year with 22%, Britt Baker. I, I agree. 
I absolutely agree with that. Because um, you know, you'll you'll remember if you're if you're a longtime listener of the show. I mean, I was I was not in Britt Baker's camp to be in the position that she was in even back then, I, because she had so much improvement that she had to make. Uh, but to her credit, she has absolutely made it. Every every criticism that I had of Britt Baker at that time is now null and void. Next, we have comeback of the year. In third place with 12%, we have Becky Lynch. Yeah. In second place with 13%, Christian Cage. And in first place with 15%, we have Sting. Uh, no, no. And a winner for comeback of the year with 44%, CM Punk. <sighs> I I can I can absolutely understand why that is the case. Um, I think they're going based off of motion rather than in the ring stuff, um, and I I agree. For inspirational wrestler of the year. I hate that word. God, it it makes my stomach turn. In third and second place, both with ten percent, we have Mickey James and Big E. What 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 would make what would make Mickey Mickey James or Biggie inspirational? Uh, okay, whatever. In first place with seventeen percent, Bianca Belair. Okay, that uh, that aspect of the list is a complete reach. The winner for most inspirational wrestling. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, you're not even okay. Uh, okay, uh, go ahead. What? I was I was briefly confused. Uh, but go ahead. I thought Bianca Belair had had won. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, here's the winner. The winner for most inspirational wrestler of the year with twenty four percent, Edge. Okay, that, that that would have been the case if this was twenty twenty. You know, if this was if, if this list came out. After the 2020 Rumble, then then yes, but give me a goddamn break. Uh, next, we have the most popular wrestler of the year. Okay, yes. Uh, Charlie, I'm sorry. Are we keeping you awake, buddy, with my rage? Uh, or, or I can't really call it rage at this point, but my I, I feel a building. <laughs> In third place with nine percent, Bianca Belair. And remind me what remind me uh, what most, category this is? Most popular wrestler of the year. Oh my god! In second place with ten percent, Big E. Oh Jesus! In first place with eleven percent, Adam Page. The wrestler of the year, which when it goes to with twenty five percent. CM Punk. No, 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 no. See, I don't even like most popular because it's just such a um, subjective thing. Now we have most hated wrestler of the year. Okay. In third place with 6%, Baron Corbin. (laughs) 
Uh, he scored lower on the totem pole than I was hoping. In second place with 9%, Kenny Omega. The first place with 26%, Roman Reigns. And the winner for most hated wrestler of the year with 44%, MJF. Well, you know, that's that's to be expected. You know, so I'm not knocking that list at all. Next, we have the feud of the year. Is, is this where I'm going to go on a rant? Because I, I have a feeling. Not sure. But in third place with 8%, we had Edge versus Roman Reigns. Oh, jeez. Fucking Christ. It's starting to reach a fever pitch, Elio. <laughs> we, we might have a problem here. In second place with 10%, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Ah, well, well, you can't really call that a feud. You can maybe call that a match of the uh, the year. That seems more of a match of the year candidate rather than a feud of the year. In first place with 12%, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. All right, well, that's a more reasonable listing. The winner of... For feud of the year with 34%, Chris Jericho versus MJF. Oh, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. What the yoke? Uh, next we have. The most in next we have independent wrestler of the year. See, you you were looking down for the majority of that, but I, I want the fans to recognize and maybe Elio too that I very aggressively threw down my headphones and flipped off I the camera. I saw cam. that. <sighs> okay. Next Con- continue have, if you must. We have independent wrestler of the year in third place with six percent. We have Effie. Who is that? So Effie is, uh, you know what? Uh, okay, he's a GCW wrestler. I've never. I, Game changer wrestler. I, I've never even heard of him. In second place with 7%, we have Tony Deppen. I'm sorry, what category is this? This is Independent Wrestler of the Year. Okay. In first place with 21%, Trish Adora. And the winner for Independent Wrestler of the Year with 42%, Nick Gage. I I can see that based based off of the popularity he's gained this year. Next, we have Match of the Year. Okay, now this is this is where this is where shit could get interesting in terms of my reactions. Go ahead. In third place, with nine percent, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. That wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. So you mean to tell me? Because ladies and gentlemen, that was my pick for match of the year. Do you mean to tell me that there are three matches above that? 
Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is completely wide open now because I can only think of one other match that could possibly top that this year. So this is going to get very interesting. In the second place with 13, per, no, sorry, 15%, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks from WrestleMania Night 1. Oh, oh, okay, well, that's, I wouldn't necessarily call it a match of the year, but that was very, very good. So, um, yeah, okay, all right. I'm not, uh, I'm not as angry as I would have anticipated. In first place with 16%, Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Oh. <laughs> what are these? Okay, well now I'm now I'm legitimately fascinated to see what the top pick is. The winner for match of the year with twenty two percent, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Well, you know what? I expected to go on a rant. I I did, but I, honestly, I can't. Next, we're going to move on to Faction of the Year. Okay, this is where I'm just going to... I can I can sense it. I know it. By the look on Elio's face, this is where I'm going to shit myself live on the air. Oh, no. <laughs> do, we need, do we need to place the order for a pack of the pets? Well, no, because I... I can still make it to the toilet by myself, but then nonetheless. Well, actually, since we can't pause Skype tonight, we might need to fence. <laughs> we'll go ahead and place the order. In, in third place, with 7%, the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club is barely even a thing anymore outside of Japan. What the fuck? Well, I think that's uh, what they meant, the book, because the book club is still very much active in, in New Japan. Okay. In second place, with 19%, the bloodline. Wow. That is a shockingly low number. In first place, with 20%, the elite. Oh, blow me. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner for faction of the year, with 29%, the inner circle. Yeah, I completely disagree with that. Next, we're going wow. to next we're going to tag team of the year. Now, in third place, we have the new date with ten percent. Oh, well, okay. I expected them to be higher on the list, and I'm relieved that they're not. Okay. In second place, with twelve percent, we have the Usos. Okay. In first place, with 21%, we have the Lucha Brothers. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the winners for Tag Team of the Year with 24%, the Young Bucks. What? You mean to tell me that FTR didn't even make the list at all? You ignorant fuckers! No, they didn't. No, they they got they got uh, they got votes, but they didn't make any of the runner-ups. Oh my fucking god! You because okay to me to me the winner of that category is the loser bros. Um, 
But the fact that the fact that FTR didn't even make the conversation, these people have got to start drooling on the knobs of the young bucks. What the fuck is you know? I I don't get it. I really I call me what you want. Call you know call me whatever. This this is a very controversial opinion, but to me, the Young Bucks are nowhere in the conversation for Tag Team of the Year, ever. And we move on to Woman of the Year. Oh, my God in heaven. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. Just, just top, top me off, you Piss me off even further. In third place, with 7%, we have Tiana Prasso. Second place with 8%, Mickey James. What? First place with 24%, Young Air. The winner for the Woman of the Year with 31%, Britt Baker. Okay, all right. I expected that to go in a different direction, but I'm not going to complain. And now we move on to the last award of the year, of the year for this year. Okay. Wrestler of the Year. In third place, we have 4%, Big E. Okay, well, cons- considering the uh, considering the title run that he had, I would have to disagree, but based off, based off of him winning the title, which was warranted this year, um, I still think it was too soon. That would be my major argument, but based off of the, based off the fact that he won it, I could understand that, but what his title reign turned out to be was completely disappointing. Also with 4% in second place, Bianca Belair. What? Okay, well, the, the, only, the only argument that she has in this, and in all fairness, this is a good argument, but the only... The only standing that she has in in that in that list is her main event match with Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. And in first place with twenty five percent, we have Roman Reigns. You mean what? He didn't win the thing. No, he was the first runner up. Oh, well, oh God! All right, who was it? Uh, the winner for Wrestle Deal with 37%, Kenny Omega. Blew me. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't care. It's not, it's not, tr- it's not true. I, okay, look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a legitimate question. Okay. Because I think Kenny Omega is very good. Yes. Do I think he is the best wrestler right now or or anywhere in that conversation? No. Uh, am I do you think I'm missing something, Elio? What's what's your opinion on Kenny Omega in this conversation? No, in fact on on the other show when we had our awards, we picked Roman Reigns. It was between Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega, we picked Roman Reigns. Yeah, because uh, you know, I don't see how anybody not named Roman Reigns could win that award. I, I really, I really don't. Based off of the year that that the year that was in 2021, how does anybody else even enter into the conversation? 
And that is it for the uh, PWI Awards. Uh, these are the unofficial awards. I'm not even going to go through them. I'm just going to highlight one or two. The man bun of the year goes to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And then we have the best nighttime talk show goes to Bailey for Ding Dong Hello. I 100% agree. I can't wait for Bailey's return. Uh, most underrated promotion goes to NXT UK. Agreed. Uh, the Taylor Swift Love Story Award goes to Dexter Lewis and Andy Hartwell. Oh, for, for fuck's sake. The Taylor Swift Love Story of the Year. That's what they call it. Oh, what the fuck is going on? Here we go. The, the, the most unwanted comeback of the year goes to Goldberg. Yes, that is that is one award and one time that I will completely, unanimously, emphatically agree with PWI. Yes, yes, and more yes. Regarding the no that I scream every time Goldberg comes on my fucking screen. And oh yes, this is retroactive to 2019 and his his abysmal situation with Bray Wyatt, just for that, fuck you, Bill Goldberg, because you, you being in the position that you're in, you should have said, if you had any respect for the pro wrestling industry, you should have said, I am not doing that to Bray Wyatt, I am not doing it to that guy. But no, you just wanted your money and you went on your merry way, so fuck you. And so that we're gonna end it off with that because there are a whole lot of other awards, unofficial official awards, like the best new drinking game. Oh God! Which is every, which is every time someone says the word shit on dynamite. Well, well, if you played that game, you'd be dead. <laughs> if you if someone took a shot, and this this is coming from a guy that doesn't drink at all. Um, but if you played that game, you'd be fucking dead. So those are the PWI year-end awards for 2021. Okay, Doug. <laughs> now we're going to move on to Ben's favorite segment of the show, Wrestling Roulette. Oh, God. So bear with me while I pull up the playlist, and then we will get started. It, it bears reminding uh, to the people that usually we can pause and kind of um, spare you from this, but because we're on Skype um, this week, we can't do that. So you can blame our technological difficulties. Yes, we, we're going to blame the tech department for sleeping on a job. Yes. Who's in charge of that, I wonder? I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll, right. we'll, we'll let it pass for this week. Everybody has an off week. All right, so here we go with wrestling roulette. So I, what I do is I play tw- 10 seconds of 21 themes, and my co-host just has to guess whose theme it belongs to. Yes, in the last two weeks, I have absolutely bombed this game. All right, then are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Here is track number one. Time for nasty 
Well, I would I would have gotten that anyway because that was one of my favorite tag teams growing up, uh, the the Nasty Boys. Now, okay, before we go on, Ben, can you hear these clearly? Yes, sir. All right, because uh, prior to adjusting whatever it was on Zoom, it would cut out, so my co-host wouldn't be able to hear it. I'd have to play it twice, maybe sometimes three times. Yeah, well, so, t- today we're having a good night here. All right, so track two, you are one and oh. I don't think that was The Undertaker, but I, I don't have a guess outside of that. That is The Machine from WCW. No, I, I well, in all fairness, I would not have gotten that because I don't even know who that is. You know what? Neither do I. I don't even remember who that is. Okay, so just just in fairness, should we not count that since right. neither one of us knew what that was? I think that's fair, don't you? Yep. All right, so it's still one nothing. Okay. Huh. Play it one more time for me. All right. Here we go. Well, I, you know, if I hadn't heard his theme last week, I would have said uh, Steve Regal, but I, I'm not sure. That is Otis. Oh, okay. I I wouldn't I wouldn't have picked up on that because I'm I'm used to um I'm still used to his heavy heavy uh, machinery mm-hmm. thing, and I think. I think he has a different theme now with Alpha Academy. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not used to hearing that beginning. Uh, but but yeah, that that was well, this this was this was a single run before Alpha Academy. That was so that was a good one. Okay, one and one. Okay. Well, I, I think I think this had a couple of um, appearances um, with different divas, but the one that I know it for was uh, Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool, two and one. But uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that that had a couple of different appearances with some with some other women. Wow. Uh, play that one more time for me. Okay. 
couldn't even have I couldn't even hazard a guess. That is Matt Seidel. Ho- holy shit. That's his AEW theme. And actually the, you the know only what? one the only one that's really not that bad. Well the, see the the issue with and and we're still gonna count that that don't worry about that, but the issue that I have with the AEW themes is I can't hear them. The majority of the time, I can't identify who's coming out outside of of um, Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. And the only other guy I can identify as coming out, if I don't see the name, is Malachi Black. And that's only because the lights go out. I don't know if they have um, audio issues in AEW, but like I really can't pick up the majority of their themes. All right, so yeah, that's two and two. Here we go with the next one. Ryback? It is actually Ryback solid. So when he was tag teaming with the Chris. Well, well, that still counts. That that still counts. All right, fine. That still counts. Two and one. Two and one, you mean three and two. Three and two, yeah, I'm sorry. Track number six, here we go. Holy crap. Um, well, this is going to be an educational moment for, for a lot of us, I guess. Um, who was it? First time appearance on this show, that is Tony D'Angelo's theme. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have picked that up either because I just, I just now picked up uh, NXT after a very long layoff. I don't think that these are going for 10 seconds. That's just my thought. But, um, oh, they are. I'm looking at it right now. This went for 10 seconds. Huh. Okay, play it one more time for me. Not the slightest clue. That is Jake Atlas. Yeah. Wait. So which one was it? Was that his NXT or yeah, AEW? Yeah, his NXT. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have picked up on that. Okay. Folks, and it's kind of pissing me off. That is Grayson um, Waller. I'm sorry, Grayson Waller. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, Grayson Waller. Can who? I don't. I don't understand what what he's doing. But okay. 
Here we go. Um, I don't recall that ever being used as a theme. I, I, I think that might have been a remix. Um, but uh, that, that was Rey Mysterio. Yep. Well, then it would have had to be Dom. But I don't it's even. Dominic Mysterio. But I don't even. That must be new because I. It is. Because we, we've had, um, we've had a, a Dom theme on the show before. And I recognize that one. So, okay, Dom Mysterio. You know what? I'm going to count that one. Four and five. Okay. Track ten. Here we go. Hmm. Play it one more time for me. Oh, all right. I I I recognize that, and um. <clears throat> oh God, I thought we were done with iconic moments. Apparently not, because now we're on to inspirational moments. Billy Kay. I love them. I know. Okay, here we go. You tied up five and five. Okay. Here we go. Was that Adam Rose? Like Adam a, Rose, yes. Okay. Six yeah. and five. Right. And shout out to him for doing uh, so much better and recovering from uh, some of some of the uh, some of the addiction issues that he's had. I don't know if you've seen recent pictures of him, but he looks incredible uh, in comparison to the end of his WWE run. So shout out to him. All right, and uh, here we go with the track 12. Hmm. Was that hit row? No. Hmm. Okay, who was it? That is Odyssey Jones. Wow. I to be honest with you, I is he in NXT like 2.0? Yes. Cause I, I haven't seen him yet since I tuned back in. So Yeah, yeah, he's he's in NXT two point Yeah, I, I um Yeah, I, I haven't uh I haven't uh, seen him since uh, the breakout star of the or the breakout tournament. All right, so we are six and six, track number 13. Okay. Oh, gee. 
Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know who it was, but yeah, man, that's terrible. Um, Summer Ray, maybe? It was it was a terrible WCW team. That was Alex Wright. Oh my fucking god! Uh, no, no, let's not do that one again. <laughs> Six, All right, track fourteen. Here we go. Um. Well, and, and that theme is my my all-time favorite, probably my all-time favorite theme, just because, like, I always loved Rey Mysterio, so like, Rey Mysterio. All right, set tight at seven, track 15, here we go. Play again. All right, here we go. Um, it, it sounds familiar, and I'm going to kick myself. Um, but who was it? That was Alexa Bliss. Holy. Yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't kick in the way that I was expecting to. I mean, that makes sense that it, that it would have been her, but I was expecting it to kick in a little stronger. Okay. Seven and eight. Here we go. Track number 16. Was it Psycho Sid? No. Um, unless it was the narcissist theme for Alex Luger, but I don't think so. Um, go ahead. Who was it? That was Brian Pillman. Oh, I, I'm I'm disappointed in myself. But in all fairness, I don't think I heard his hit that theme very much oh, before he. If you listen, this is the beginning. Oh yeah, okay. I couldn't I couldn't hear the beginning based off the. the Skype. Here you go, uh, track number seventeen. Jake the Snake Roberts. I always miss that one. <laughs> Jack number 18, here we go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That is Cesaro. For, for fuck's sake. Or Cesaro, as Seth Rollins would call him. Oh, God. 
All right, track 19, here we go. Shout out, shout out to him, man. I mean, I mean, good lord, a ne negative one. I'm glad he got an appearance on the show. Negative one. So you are now eight and eight and twelve. Okay, well, it's not as bad as I've been doing. All right, here we go. Man, you are really mixing these up. I have no clue. That is the Blue Brothers. I've never even heard of the Blue Brothers. They went on to become the Disciples of Apocalypse. I haven't heard of them either. What? The Attitude Era? You never heard of the DOA? Well, well yeah, I mean, I've heard of DOA, but I... I you know, eight ball, eight ball and skull. Yeah, I mean, I heard of them, but um, those I, were the Blues Brothers. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and then they went on to become uh, oh, what the hell was their name? Uh, uh, creative Control and WCW. Oh God! Yeah. All right, here we go. The last uh, one. No, that doesn't work because that belongs to Nitro Girls. So we're not counting that. Yeah. That sounded like my back. That is QT Marshall. Oh, fair. Ah. All right, that is it. 21 theme, Ben. You did it. You got eight. And yeah, yeah, well, eight and uh, 13. Well, it's not as bad as it has been, so um, See, I'm not too bad. so I'm happy about that. You you really did uh, mix these teams up, I give you credit for that. Why well, I added a whole bunch, I added uh, the new NXT themes, they're always coming out with new themes, and then um. I'm going to go look at some old uh, classic WWF ones that we might not have. Well, yeah, because I'll tell you what, the NXT ones are the ones that mostly are throwing me off because I'm just now getting back into that. But, uh, yeah, you didn't do as bad as uh, the last two weeks. And that was the AEW. AEW themes are terrible sounding. Like, uh, yeah. okay, now you say you can hear them when the guy's... Well, I actually listen to them on on here on my iPad, and they're just, they sound terrible. Yeah. So, you know, AEW does a lot of, that does a lot of things right, and I, I honestly find them to be a breath of fresh air. Um, but there are a few, um, like, production element kind of things that I, I would like to see improved. And, um the the music the music entrances um are definitely one of them like i love the um i love the new lucha brothers line with um ruckus 
Um, and I think he is their main, uh, like, uh, music producer. Yep. Um, but I, but based off of um, the Lucha Brothers, I think he has a lot of talent. And, and I, I, but I would like to see him kind of revisit uh, some of these other themes if he's the one that's largely responsible for them. Because I feel, I feel like that they could definitely be improved. And fans, I know we said at the top of the show we were going to have time warp, but uh, we're going to bring back that back once we get this Zoom issue straightened out. Absolutely. And uh, th- thank you for hanging out with us through some technical issues. Um, I, know, I know we haven't gone as long as this thing says because, uh, you know, we got, we got going about uh, 13 or 15 minutes um, after we came on, but this was still a pretty lengthy show. Yeah, I've um, got one fifty-two. So yeah, I got uh, two oh four based on mine. So yeah, um, but right. still much longer than I had anticipated. So thank you for uh, hanging out with us and uh, stick with us, and we'll get these production elements figured out. And uh, I would urge AEW to do the same. And uh, with, with that being said, he's Elio, I'm Ben, we are the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, and we are available everywhere, so if you can't find us, you're lying, and get on the train, baby, because we're only going so much faster. See you later. Colossal we come, these renegades.